0: Joe Carr, and Imogene Sorley. It takes courage to be crocus-minded. Lord, I'd rather wait until June, like wise roses, when the hazards of winter are safely behind, and I'm expected, and everything's ready for roses. But crocuses? Highly irregular knifing up through hard frozen ground and snow, sticking their necks out because they believe in spring and have something personal and emphatic to say about it. Lord, I am by nature rose-minded. Even when I have studied the situation here and know there are wrongs that need writing, affirmations that need stating, And know also that my speaking out may offend, for it rocks the boat. Well, I'd rather wait until June. Maybe later things will work themselves out, and we won't have to make an issue of it. Lord, forgive. Wrongs don't work themselves out. Injustices and inequities and hurt don't just dissolve. Somebody has to stick her neck out, somebody who cares enough to think through and work through hard ground because she believes and has something personal and emphatic to say about it. Me, Lord, crocus-minded? Could it be that there are things that need to be said and you want me to say them? I pray for courage. Amen. Maintaining our partnerships. When I think of courage, of perseverance, of maintaining vision, and of moving forward, I go back to the effort put forward by the members of Community Church UU New Orleans, Louisiana. When their Sunday service was canceled and an evacuation was urged in August of 2005, their members and friends thought they would be away for a few days and then return. That is what usually happened with an evacuation, but not this time. After Katrina, most church members stayed with family who lived away. A dozen settled for two months at a hotel in northern Mississippi. I reached Pine Bluff, Arkansas before I could find a hotel room. Email and the phone kept church members informed about who was where and how they were doing. One member bought a travel trailer, a temporary home, set it up out by Lafayette, Louisiana, and Hurricane Rita blew through and blew a tree right into the middle of their mobile home. The National Guard did not allow people to return home for two months. Thirty-five church members lost their homes. Several older members, their hopes for life utterly destroyed, reached a quick end of life. An 85-year-old congregate, on the other hand, invited 23 people to move in with her. I don't know where they all slept, but they made it work. Post-traumatic tension was everywhere. Any hurricane warring brings it back to this day. Surprises were ever present. My son almost dropped out of college in the middle of October. I helped him avoid that. Uh, Resolution. Life in New Orleans was chaotic. Moods flipped from joy to despair and back again in a moment or two. Every home in the church's neighborhood was empty. Water filled the church to the top of its doors. Half of CCUU's members moved away, including all of the families with children, and we had just started to build our religious education program. Four members of their seven-member board also decided to move away. But that is just the background because those who made the difficult decision to return had no idea what to do about their church. Its sheetrock was already getting moldy. Bookshelves had collapsed. Books were here, there, and everywhere. The electronic piano had floated into the foyer. Interior doors were blocked by soggy debris piled up behind them. As members began to fully realize the difficulty and the size of the task ahead, it became increasingly difficult to hold any sense of hope, any dreams for their community and the partnerships that they had formed there. The one place, though, that they found a flicker of hope was with the Gulf Coast Relief Fund, Many UUs contributed. They were amazed in Boston at the outpourings of support, and I suspect some of you supported that effort too. But the funds for New Orleans were not meant to be used for bricks and mortar. And the church was a mess, unsalvageable, without major repairs. In mid-September, the board members met by conference call. The election for the new board had just happened in June, and they recognized it was going to be difficult to have a special election with church members scattered around the country and decided to hold a year's worth of meetings by conference call, whether they were returning to New Orleans or not. They were dedicated to the survival of their church. And after the city had reopened early in November, Community Church and First Church joined together for their worship services. Its ministers switched the combined pulpit one week on and one week off. And these joint services lasted for a year. And during that time, the members of both churches realized their commonalities but also realized that there were a few significant differences between the two congregations. Let me give you some numbers. Some of you have asked and been surprised, but the community church had 73 members when I went there. It moved to 98 in three years. But the 2006 report, Post-Katrina report, showed his membership at 53. Almost half had left. In the subsequent years, 33 of those 53 either died or moved away. With 20 Pre-Katrina members, that congregation, again, has 73 members. And it has done that, despite the fact that initially they did not have enough money to consider rebuilding a church. They had no place to go. And CCUU's option A was no place to worship. But a major surprise arrived one day A check came for $29,000. Community Church UU in New York City had sent a letter saying a trust fund had matured, and they wanted to help their sister church in New Orleans do whatever it wanted to do. That surprise, even the term sister church in New Orleans, something never heard of before, was a surprise. But it led to the thought that maybe we can rebuild. Meetings were set up, the board, the past presidents, and then the entire congregation began to consider rebuilding. Option B. During the next two years, the church, of course, had other things that it had to do. And it met in five different locations in two years. People could have left with each shift. That worried me. But membership held together as we moved from one Presbyterian church to another, to a Lutheran chapel on the campus of the University of New Orleans, then to a synagogue, and finally, to the house on the lot next door, purchased and renovated after the storm. The church also considered a recommendation for consultants to merge or consolidate the two New Orleans churches. Three votes were held. All were overwhelmingly negative, but with these negative votes on merger, the members of the church committed themselves each and every time to rebuild. I think all of you know that I like to tell stories as I begin a message, and this is really the only story I can tell about maintaining partnerships. It's been the most significant story I've ever heard of a congregation that kept at it. I'd like to tell it to every Unitarian Universalist in the country, and if the place and time was right, I would do so. But this church had the advantage of having a number of consultants, and at each step with each consultancy, the people who were the leaders of the congregation sat down and figured, what can we take from this that will be of use to us? And so they developed a plan. First, it was a plan, a five-year plan with a proposal to rebuild committees, establish a choir, put a religious education program back into place, affiliate closely with the other two UU churches in the area and have four special services each year all the UUs in the area, one of them being a jazz funeral and the other was Earth Day in the Park. That was the one that came first, Earth Day in the Park. The five-year plan was followed closely by the board viewed in services and at congregational meetings and this held the church on course throughout its rebuilding program. Second, they could see that their city was in deep trouble. And they specified together there could serve for the homeless, for housing, affordable housing, and better educational opportunities in minority neighborhoods. They searched for groups whose work they admired and built a personal and financial connection with them. And despite their lack of a building, they put together a program of outreach to these community partners. That program led to better ties within the community, relationships that continue today, and a raised appreciation for the church that has oozed through the local community. Third, they committed to raise the money to build. Three local UU churches helped set up a UUA rebuilding campaign. Members voted to fund the annual budget and participate in a capital campaign. Church leaders went to partner churches set up after Katrina and asked for help from any of who were able to give. Pacific Unitarian Church from Ranchos Palos Verdes, California responded with $75,000. And their minister, the Reverend John Morehouse, delivered the message at the building dedication. These three areas of focus, planning, outreach, and stewardship set the course not only for rebuilding, it also set a course for maintaining the partnerships they had built, both inside and outside the four walls of the church and here's the thing that outside had all begin to be built beginning the partnerships we talked about last week after Hurricane Katrina and I must tell you that most of the church members saw this path they understood what was going on and they joyfully followed it and they built the foundation for the improvements that they wanted They celebrated together at each stage of accomplishment. But a few lost touch with the course being followed or felt they could not do it or that it would never work out for them. But even though some stepped aside, the combined vision aimed for a common consequence, building a church. It is a common occurrence to face problems in your life. If there is something you may be wrestling with right now, rest assured others face their share of difficulties. While you all have hopes and dreams, there may come a day when you do not pass the math test. What choices do you have then? Can you move from that disappointment of failure through a plan that will lead you toward your hopes and dreams? perhaps make them a reality of your life. The story of Elizabeth and Sarah pointed out that there is a B between A and C. Elizabeth opted out of her dreams. Sarah went all in. The approach Sarah followed after receiving a poor math grade built a firm foundation for her effort to become a scientist. Her mastery of subtraction I would think served her quite well when it came time for geometry and trigonometry. A similar course is open to all of us. There is an option to strengthen your foundations. Keep moving forward and aim for the consequence you desire, knowing there will be, and this is important, and we should never forget it, there will be other actions that interfere along the way but believing in the ability to bounce back whatever impediment may appear. I would like to tell you that every day was a good day at Community Church New Orleans, but that would not be true. In fact, on most days the oppositional forces seemed overwhelming. Here's one example, one of many. Church leaders were shocked when somebody let us know that FEMA had changed its rules. Their plans have been made to rebuild the old building. An architect had been hired and paid. But we were told that that old building could have been refurbished if we had started earlier, but now it was too late. All new construction had to be elevated five feet. That was the rule for the entire city of New Orleans. This surprising development cost the church $28,000 in architectural fees for nothing that would result from it. But its leaders stepped back. They realized they had just not been funded for the construction earlier and would need to start over. And in starting over, they chose a passive solar construction, a proposal for a new congregation that would reduce their energy costs by 50%. And environment, environmentalists in their congregation, and 350.org was there, applauded a new course for bouncing back. You have heard this story because it rests aside the program already set in place in many congregations, but this one in particular. You have plans here and a full range of programs for your members and friends and anyone who wishes to come here. Your long-range plan should be revised after your new minister arrives. That is commonly done. But meanwhile, steps are being taken to reaffirm the ties that bind this congregation together. The hearts that you see outside are one way of doing that. There are many opportunities in place that allow people like you to gather for discussion or activities here at Northlake. So you have plans, but Northlake's outreach into the community, led by your social justice team, has connected with organizations that provide services and promote causes that you admire and you have chosen to support. With the encouragement of your former minister, this congregation has found a way to build some strong connections with programs offered on the east side, and you should applaud yourself for doing so. It has been quite an effort. One does not sneeze at $131,000 of contribution to the local community. And as for finances, North Lake has made tremendous advances during these last few years. Your chapel notes will be paid off soon and free this op, this congregation of that obligation, that debit in the debit column. Let us celebrate together the ability to pay off these notes. It is a great accomplishment. Yet I must also share with you That this is Kirkland, Washington. And I would think that there is the potential for you to do more. Is it possible for you to do more? Could you build a more firm foundation for the future your desire? Well, what I have shared today is that it is possible to have simply adequate funding and end up in this. Course of a few years' time, spending $1.3 million on construction, put solar panels on the roof, another $102,000, increase the endowment fund from $15,000 to $128,000, and not have a mortgage on the property. This happens in partnership, it happens when people work together. They found many Sarahs in the congregation that did this. Many Sarahs. A similar effort and focus and commitment are already here at Northlake. I felt it when I moved in. I felt some tensions too. I felt some difficulties. But I felt the real draw to this community for what it does and for what it is able to do. And the question is, is it possible to set a more firm foundation for everything that will follow? Are you ready to set the foundational basis that will allow you to look forward, filled with hopes and dreams for better days to come? Can you find your way toward becoming all you wish to become? Is it possible to see the need for the financial underpinnings that will allow this to happen? Your stewardship team has begun its preparations for the annual budget drive. You will see this year the offer of a bronze budget, a silver budget, and a gold budget. Communication breakdown, I think of Led Zeppelin when I say that. Um, Communication breakdown can occur. And it's important to know what it is that this congregation is looking for. Therefore, you will see this year a bronze option, a silver option, and a gold option beforehand as you look at who you are and what you wish for this congregation please remember Elizabeth took one path Sarah took another what a wonder it would be if this church was filled with Sarah's May the love in your heart find love in the hearts of those around you. May you look to do what you can do to maintain the very precious and beautiful partnership already established here at North Lake UU. Namaste.